This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Thank you. Give it up for Pastor Abel being my armor bearer. Thank you. Uh, Did you see that, you know, pace? We're in a series called Pace, and uh, we got the man to move forward. Uh, I think if you've been noticing, anybody notice the little man on the screen? He was going backwards uh, a few of the weeks, yeah? We have some real students in the house here really looking at our graphic design. I just, I'm so thankful for our team that does this week after week. Thank you, Carmen, who does our graphics and, and, and much more than that. But, you know, we're in this series talking about uh, taking a step forward. What does this look like? What, what does our life in 2024 look like? And how is God a part of that as we, uh, t- you know, are in step, in pace with everything God has for us. Our theme verse for this series over the last number of weeks, if you've been following with us, if you haven't, you can go back online and you can watch some of the messages online, uh, is Galatians 5.25. And in Galatians 5.25, it says this on the screen. Take a look. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's keep the pace. Let's stay in step. You know, everybody has a pace they're living, right? Everybody, whether it's intentional or unintentional, there's a pace. There's a, there's a way you're functioning through life. Every Christian also has a well-established pattern of living. Whether it's intentionally developed, there's a set of commitments, or an unstated set of values. As a church, we have a number of values that move us forward, that tell us what's important. And so we have values and practices in our Christian walk. We have values that shape us. Like, how about this one? Praying before meals, right? And it depends on who was cooking that night. Your prayers really are dependent strongly upon God coming through, right? So, or maybe it's uh, coming to church once or twice a month, whatever that looks like. As a kid, I remember going to church every single Sunday, Sunday night, Wednesday, every, and whenever the church was open, we were there. But whatever your habit is today, we welcome you. We're glad you're here. But many of us aren't really as deliberate with our spiritual development, right? We are as we are with our priorities or or our work schedule. And so the result of this is that our lives and our relationships often suffer and face really unnecessary stressors. Let me give you some examples. Sometimes we feel scattered. We feel that our schedule is full, but it doesn't really reflect, you know, the purpose or our priorities, or we feel hurried. You know, you just go from one thing to another. We feel busier than we want to be, but we really don't want to change, right? We don't know how to change, or um, we're reactive. And at times, it seems like we're never in charge. We are always responding to demands that are placed upon us, or just quite frankly, we are exhausted. The end of the week, we end each day weary and discouraged, unsure if we really have spent it well at all. And so we've been talking about this creating a rule of life. Pastor Jess has been talking about it. And and this idea of this word rule 
really, it's, it's not like the word rule that we often think about, you know, it's got, it comes from this word regula, which denotes a trellis. Let's take a look at the trellis behind me. If you've been here for the last number of weeks, you would know my wife had something to do with, but, but I, I, I put it together, okay? So <laughs> looks nice, doesn't it? But it's, it's a device that brings structure and helps things grow. And so if you're into growing th- things, it would help a vine grow. If you're trying to build, you know, grow some grapes, this is a great way to start your, your wine business. Did I just say that in church? Is that okay? Anyway, um, you know, we talked about, you know, how, how this is a structure for us, and it's a structure or a framework of how we can build our life around it. And so last week we talked about, Pastor Jess talked about what it would look like if we took some time in our lives for silence and solitude and, and following the, the way of Jesus really pushes us towards these kinds of practices, we talked about how making room for silence and solitude is actually a key to making our lives reflect Jesus. And so today, really what I want to talk to you about is this value of building community, of, uh, of adding it into our rule of life, into the structure of our life. So I want to look at the gospel today. I want to look at Mark's gospel. And so if you're new to the scripture, if you take the New Testament Matthew, Mark, the second book in the New Testament. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you got your phones, you can go there or on the screen uh, in front of you today. Mark 10, verses 46 to 51. And it says this, They came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he had heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Verse 50, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want for me? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Now, if you've read this story before, or or maybe this is the first time that you've heard this story, my prayer today is this, that you would see this story with new eyes today. That God didn't bring you here today to stay the same. He has something more for you today. So Jesus, here he is. He's with this large crowd of people. And he's like, you know, it's just a group of people and they're like, you know, just wanting to be a part of Jesus. And there's this crowd. It's, he's like a, a celebrity. He's like a rock star, Jesus the rock star. And, and anyway, he's like, there's a group of people and they, they, they're crowding him and he's entering into Jericho. And the story says there is a blind man. Now we know from the text that his name was Bartimaeus, Okay. 
Now, we often don't know the names of those Jesus encountered, but this story is unique. It also says that he is the son of Timaeus. And I think the significance, there's probably a number of things that we could look here, look at here in the story, and there's a lot of things that are significant. But one thing that stands out for me, and I want to share with you, is that, that Bartimaeus, or Bart, as we'll call him today, and I'm sorry if your name is Bart, but you know, or Bartimaeus, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough name. Maybe you got that tough name that you hate telling other people about, and you're here today being shy about it, it's okay. You're in a safe place. All the Bart's in the house, we love you. <laughs> and so um, the thing we need to, to understand about Bartimaeus is that he is someone's son. He's someone's son, just like you. You are someone's son, or you're someone's daughter. You know, and so as these parents were about to have this son, there was dreams that they had. I'm sure they had a vision for his life, and, and were just hopes and dreams. There was excitement, and there was joy of, of what he would be, and the things that he would accomplish in life. And, and maybe you're here today and saying, well, um, that wasn't my story. My story is very different. I, you know, I didn't have that kind of exuberance in my life. And maybe that's part of your wound. That's part of your trauma. But as we look behind the story, we can imagine that there was some sort of celebration saying, we're glad you're here in this world. And if that's not your experience, I just want you to know this today that you're, you're part of the family. If you've been told that, yeah, you were a mistake or nobody wanted you and we don't even know how you made it through, listen, we're here to tell you we love you. We've been praying for you. We're so glad you're here today. There's a place for you in the kingdom of God. And this young man, he comes into this world. The Bible doesn't tell us when or if he was born blind or it was a degenerative disease. Uh, but, but, you know, people look at this man, they say, well, he's blind. All we know is that he's the son of Timaeus and he finds himself at the side of the road begging. Now, I was trying to figure out, like, would it be better for you to suffer all alone or would it be better to be in a group of people. People look at this blind man and they say, he's blind, this is his issue. But many of us have issues here today that nobody knows about, right? You know, they're, they're quiet issues and, and maybe neither of them is better if you're doing it in silence or in a group. Both are very difficult weights to carry when you have something that is difficult to carry in your life. Listen, I just want to pause here for a minute. And, and just remind you that you don't have to come to church with everything all figured out. You come as you are. You come with your baggage. You come with your weight. You don't have to have your T's crossed and your I's dotted. You come as you are. And God has a place for you today. And the reality is that all of us have some type of blindness. 
some type of problem, some type of thing that we wish we didn't have. We don't have time or the boxes of tissues to go through your issues. We're all faced with challenges. All of us are carrying weight, whether you're aware of it or not. Some of you have taken a step to deal with it, and you're in therapy right now. I want to just say good for you. This is, this is part of getting healthy and whole. Others, maybe you're in this place today or you're watching online and, and you're dealing with lawyers. Like how are we going to take care of the kids? How do we divide things up? Our relationship's been hard. What does it look like now? What does the future look like? You're dealing with it, and it's hard. It's a close friend. It's someone you love. Maybe people know, and maybe people don't know, but you're dealing with it all alone. But let me ask you this. What are we going to do with the problems that we're navigating? I think blurring Bartimaeus gives us a bit of a roadmap on what steps we can take forward to be who God has called us to be. In verse 46, it says he's begging. Notice that all the time that he has spent begging has not given him any freedom whatsoever. His begging kept him bound. His begging kept him in the same spot. His begging didn't get him out it kept him in his bondage. This is where you and I sometimes think, nobody understands me. Nobody really knows what I'm going through. Let me just say, I've met them all. I've met every type of person you can think of, whether it's the CEO, the business person, uh, it, it's the person who's got it, seems to have it all together, or it's a teenager, it's parents, it's old people, it's young people, it's everyone in between. And I want you to know that as long as you continue to live with this victim mentality, like, wah, wah, boom, boom, look at me. <sighs> it's exhausting. It doesn't bring you to a place of freedom. It keeps you stuck. Yeah, 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 I know, Pastor Dave, but you don't know the challenges I'm going through. You don't know what I'm dealing with at work. Everybody is just so dumb. You don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, you don't know what it's like to be a woman. You don't know what it's like to be a man. It's just so hard. You don't know what it's like to fill in the blanks. We all have a story. We all have experiences. And the mindset doesn't push him forward. It just keeps him bound. But then there's a day. Let's take a look at the scripture in verse 47. When he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, it says, he began to shout. I mean, I don't know what it is. I looked at the scripture. I'm not sure I can kind of see what was the, the trigger, what was the turning point here. I don't know what it is. I don't know what made it click for him. But in this moment, right here, he says, I don't want to stay where I am. I don't want to stay stuck. 
I want out of this cycle of feeling sick and feeling down and feeling discouraged and feeling stuck. I want to declare to you today, today is your day. Today is your opportunity to say, I don't want this any longer. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being stuck. And so what the blind man says, what Bartimaeus says is, I'm going to shout to Jesus as he's walking by. And that's the thing that changed his life forever. Now, can I just speak in your situation just for a minute here? And the and help you to understand that the purpose that has been placed inside of your life today, you didn't make you. You're not self-made. You, in all of your awesomeness, go ahead and look at the person beside you and say, you are awesome. Yeah. You're not a product of your own willpower and self-design. God decided for you to be born. You didn't say one day, I'm going to be born today. Today is my day. God put you here on this earth. He's the one who's given you those talents that you have, those gifts that you have, the abilities that, he's, that you have, they're sitting there. He didn't give those things for you to stay on the side of the road begging. He put them inside of you so that you would take a step forward and be all that he's called you to be. Take a step forward today is the first thing we need to understand. I know for some of you, you're not where you want to be in your mindset. You're not where you want to be with your business plans and your future, where, where things, you see things going. You're not where you want to be in your relationships. It's, it's not where you want to be, but take a step forward. This is not some self-help. This is not some, this is just regular people reaching out to Jesus, saying yes to him. I'm not trying, talking about trying to get yourself some, you know, some Google help. You know what I'm talking about? How do I get out of a stuck situation? Oh. The answer is Jesus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. His eyes are on him. His eyes are on Jesus. Maybe you've been trying to Google your way out of things. And God brought you to this place today. Maybe a friend brought you to this moment today. Maybe you're watching online today. You've been looking for the answers. You've been Googling it, and you can't find peace. Well, I want to tell you this. We're not offering you a method. We're not offering you a system, a four-step plan to get a better version of you, we offer you the life of Jesus today. The one who offered his life for you. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, verse 48, I want you to look at this. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. Now, you know, in my experience, I have found that any time I take a step forward, like it's good, like that was awesome, I'm moving forward, there's always some opposition. Like always someone wants to build a wall right where I was headed. 
Like where, right where I'm going, there's some sort of opposition. That whether it's, it's I attempt to move forward, there's opposition. Maybe it's from my bad thinking. It's an old negative patterns of thinking or someone is trying to keep me from moving forward. And that's what we see in this story. They rebuked blind Bart. They rebuked him, the crowd who's like, like, this is so unbelievable to me. Like, what an extreme story. There is no way that you or I would treat a blind man like this. Would you just keep it down? Jesus is walking. Blind person. Like, who does this? And this is the story we're reading here. But, but blind people in this day did not get any respect. And maybe you're here today and you say, well, yeah, I'm not blind, but boy, does it feel like this is happening in my own life. People don't respect my work ethic. They don't understand the talents that I bring. Maybe the pain that you've, you've walked through. And you listen to these voices that tell you to just stay put, stay down. Don't bother trying to get up. You're never going to make it anyway. It's not really going to change. It's too much work. Just stay where you are. It's safer. It's good for you. You'll be fine. And after a while, you start listening to these voices. There's some comfort. There's some comfort that you value. And so you, you stop trying to change because it's easier to stay comfortable than it is to change. But eventually something stirs up within you and in your life that says, I think there's more. I think there's more. I mean, I, I, I'm used to this. I'm happy for this. I'm thankful for the life God's given me, but I think there's more. I appreciate the blessings. I'm so thankful for the house that I live in, for the car that we have, the, the minivan, the 2.3 kids, or whatever that is, whatever that statistic, I don't understand. And the dog. I'm not sure about the cat, but anyway. There's got to be something more, more. So Bartimaeus, even though they're saying, be quiet, he shouts even louder. Wait. Mark 40, 48, verse 48, he says, he shouted all the more. Verse 49, he, Jesus stopped and said, call him. Then the, the, the crowd shifts really quick. Like they were trying to hold him back, trying to keep him down. Listen, don't ever listen to the crowd. They betray you every time. So they're trying to keep him down, trying to keep down. Now in the story, what do they say? Oh, hey, cheer up, Bart. Get up on your feet. Jesus is here. <sighs> Verse 50 says, throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Why? Why would he throw his cloak aside? Is this like <laughs> dramatic effect? Like what's, what's going on here, Bart? Neat cloak thing you just did there. Well, listen, some scholars believe that when someone was a beggar 
they would put on a particular garment. And the garment would help to identify the state that you were in. So when people would see this cloak, people would see you and know, oh, that's who you are. We understand you now. We don't really have to to get to know you because you're at a distance. And so his cloak was wrapped around him. It was his identity. It was how he was seen by others. It became a part of who he was. It became a part of how he saw himself. And so maybe you're here today and you're a business person. You're a CEO. You're a student. You're a single and you're ready to mingle. I I just had to throw that one in there. I'm this, I'm that, I'm, you know, but in this moment right here, Bartimaeus says, I'm going to throw aside all that I've been known for. And I want to step into what God has for me. So he throws his cloak aside. And I think that this is something, I want you to catch this today. This is something that God wants to do to all of us today. Throw away the old identity. Throw the things that you thought you were that you've identified with. Throw that away, and this is what I'm known for. But I I believe that God wants you to take a step forward into what God has called you to be. Jesus asks a question in verse 51. He says, what do you want? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, I want to see. So, Jesus heals him. Go, your faith has made you whole. As I thought about this story, I realized that this, this here is exactly what we need as a church today. This is exactly what we need for a church community looking for a connection. I mean, we are a church, right? We are a church, but we don't just attend church on Sundays. We are not coming here wondering, well... I hope Pastor Dave is preaching because his jokes are way funnier than Pastor Jess. I can say that. She's not here. Well, we've got the cameras. I forgot about that. Okay, anyway. Um, that's not it, right? It's not, oh, what do I get out of the service? Like, I'm good to go for a week now. I got my message. Yay. That's not it. There's something about us that's saying, I think, I think, I think there's more. There has to be more. I mean, I'm thankful for all this teaching. I'm, I'm thankful for what God is doing here at Journey Church. It's exciting to be a part of a growing community. It's exciting to know that when I invest my dollars into the kingdom, it's being used wisely. We're seeing people come to Jesus. We're seeing people's lives being transformed. We're helping p- people's physical needs so we can meet their spiritual needs. That is incredible. That is the place I want to invest in. And I want to be a part of that. But there's something inside of me that's saying, I believe there's more. I am here to tell you today that there is more. But many of us in this church have been content maybe staying like the blind man Bartimaeus on the side of the road, stuck in a spot that we have been in forever, but there is more for you today, and it is found in Jesus and in Jesus alone. But when it's found in Jesus, I've noticed this. You know, Bartimaeus receives his sight, and now he sees Jesus face to face. 
Like he can physically see the face of Jesus. He can look into his, his I guess, baby blue eyes. It depends on what version you watch on television, right? But he's looking into his eyes and he can see Jesus. And I've noticed this, that, that Bartimaeus was face to face with Jesus in the physical. But what about us? Like, how does, how does it leave us? We, we haven't seen Jesus face to face. I haven't had that experience of seeing him in, in the eyes. But I realized as, as Bartimaeus was face to face with the body of Jesus, and that's really the important thing here. Like, are we, do we have to wait till we die and see him face to face here? But Bartimaeus saw the body of Jesus. And what's the church? Well, the church is the body of Christ. That's what the scripture teaches us. The church is the body of Christ. In Colossians 1.18, it says that Jesus, Jesus is the head. He's the head of the body, the church. Jesus is the head. And there's a body. There's a body. We're the body. But Jesus is the head. Understand? Body and head. There's a head. Jesus is the head of the body, the church. So it's possible that blind Bartimaeus and his story is is obviously pointing us to Jesus, but also giving us a bit of a roadmap that shows us not to stay isolated by ourselves on the side of the road, just doing what you want to do. But we should begin to interact with the body of Christ and as you interact with the body of Christ, you'll find what you're looking for by connecting with the body of Christ. Not by staying on the side of the road begging. And so if we look at Corinthians 1.18 and realize that Jesus is the head of the body, the church, that's why you and I don't consume the church. We are the church. Let me say that again. We don't consume church. We don't just show up and consume what is the church. We are the church. The desire you have in you for more. Jesus, I want more from you. Jesus says, I got more for you, but it flows through my body. It flows through my body. Let me help you see this. You and I, you know, we've just come, this is our final day of 14 days of prayer and fasting, and we've been praying. Some have been praying and some have been fasting. I haven't been doing too good on on the fasting part. I had a cookie today and some food, so I'm sorry. For those of you who judge me, uh, you're way more spiritual than I am. And so we're doing our best to pray, to seek the Lord, to spend time in his presence, to have a prayer closet where we seek him and we hear his voice and and God speaks to us. And it's a wonderful thing, this trust as we're learning how to pray and learning how to uh, practice prayer. and, And I'm all for prayer. But what I found is when I'm praying for breakthrough, Jesus often comes and gives me the answers in my personal life, but also times where he gives me my answers for my prayers through the body of Christ. It's a, it's a person and a relationship that I get connected with, that I, I hear the answers of the Lord, that God speaks to me through the connections and the people that I have in my life. It's an amazing thing. He can use the body of Christ. We are the body. 
So you and I can think, hey, it's just, it's just me and Jesus. You know, Jesus is my homeboy. I don't know where that statement came from. Yes, Jesus is personal. He loves you. He wants a personal relationship with you. And before we're done here today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to invite him into your life, to have a personal relationship with him. But when you surrender your life to Jesus, you get grafted into the body. Man, that just comes with it. It's not like another step that you have to take. You automatically become part of the body of Christ. So he was accustomed to begging, but begging didn't give him freedom. You know what's going to give you freedom today? Belonging. It's another step. It's, I'm not going to sit on the sidelines. There's, there's many of you here today. You're part of Journey Church. And uh, we're here for you. We love you. We're glad you're here. We're cheering you on. We've been praying for you. And we don't want to shame people. We don't want to beat people into submission and make them feel less than because you're, you know, Maybe I'm not really connected. But we also love you way too much to keep you that way. Because we know that God has more on the inside of you. And he wants to accomplish more through you. So since we know there's more inside of you, we can't just let you sit on the sidelines. I mean, you you might be content coming to church, watching online, coming in for the service, grabbing your coffee, getting, you know, high-fiving a few people, maybe getting a cookie or pizza, depending on the week. We seem to serve a lot of food around here. I don't know. You, you, You love that. But you're not connected. That's not our dream and our vision for you. Our prayer for you is is that you would belong, that you would find connection, you'd find meaning. And so there's another on-ramp for you. We call them small groups. Small groups are another on-ramp, an opportunity for you to say, I don't just want to do life on my own. I want to belong. And so when you get connected to the body, we see this with Bartimaeus. That's when his breakthrough comes, breaking Breakthrough comes by being connected to the body. So your breakthrough is not just those times you spend on your knees. Yes, God speaks, and he's pouring into your life and your prayer closet. Your breakthrough comes by being connected into the body. Your best friends are here. Your future spouse is here. There's no amens in the room. And listen, if God's calling you to be single... Your life, your connection is the people here. So we do life together, but there's more for you. And not just somebody for you, but for someone, but you are for someone else to bring hope to, to to give life to, to find strength together. And that's what's so great about Journey Church. After five years, we have all kinds of people that represent the body of Christ. We're not promising perfection. 
We're not promising that when you get connected to the body that all your problems are going to go away. That's not even biblical. People just like you and me, we are broken people in need of the grace and the forgiveness that comes from Jesus. But I want to challenge you to here today to take a step forward. I want to challenge you. Are you hearing me? For an entire year. Everybody say an entire year. Get connected into a small group. I want to challenge you for an entire year. Yeah, 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 but I'm busy. I got a busy schedule, Pastor. You don't understand what I'm going through. I have kids. I have a busy life. I've got, I've got a dog and a cat, and the dog has to go to the groomers tomorrow, and this is like busy. We all have the same challenges. I get it. You're busy. But I'd like to challenge you still for one year because I know there's more inside of you than you, you sometimes even realize is there. It's found in Jesus. But being connected to his body is really important. So I, I pray right now all over this place, Lord. I pray for your favor, your grace over Journey Church. I pray that we would be the men and women that you called us to be, Lord. I pray that your church would flourish. In Jesus' name, amen. Your heads are bowed. We're still praying. But would you just stand to your feet all across this room? And I wonder how many of you would say, there has to be more. And I want it all. I want, I want you to know today that, that God is a relational God. We see this all throughout the scripture. God created the heavens and he created the earth. He created man and he created woman because he knew that would be a help to the man so he wouldn't be alone. He's a relational God and he wants to be in a relationship with you. Maybe you've had some understanding or experience with God or, or maybe you have none whatsoever, but there is something that is drawing you to him right now. What is that? That's him. That's his love. That's his Holy Spirit. You're not watching by accident today. You know there's more. And it's, it's not you conforming to a bunch of rules. It's, it's you surrendering to a relationship with God who loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, who is perfect and died so that our sins could be forgiven. So today, wherever you are, if you're saying, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna step away from our old life, step away from our sins. We're gonna surrender to Jesus today. And so when you call on him, Jesus, son of God, son of David, he hears your prayers. He forgives your sins today and he will make you brand new. There is something more, and it is a relationship with God who loves you through his son, Jesus. So wherever you are today, you're here in this space, and you're saying, yeah, I need that. I need that Jesus you're talking. I want to step away from my sins. I, I want to surrender to Jesus. I, Jesus, I want to give you my whole life. I'm going to ask you to just lift your hands all across this room. If that's you, you're saying yes to Jesus. You've never said yes to Jesus before. You're saying yes in this moment. That's who I want to surrender to right now. Jesus, I give you my whole life. All across this room, we see hands lifted today. I want us to pray all together. Everybody pray this aloud together as we take a spiritual step forward. Say, Heavenly Father, I step toward you. 
I give you my life. Jesus, forgive my sins. Be my savior. Be my friend. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you. Thank you for new life. I give you all of mine. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give praise to Jesus for those who've made him their Lord and Savior today. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.